Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. MLB activity of note. So says the note. <laughs> we are in we're in actually an enumerated time. I'm actually kind of interested in the fact that, you know, if you if you go to the MLB nominal schedule, there is something happening right now. Yesterday, teams no, the tenth, teams had to give qualifying offers, which as far as I can understand is this this idea that they had at one point that has completely failed to do what they wanted it ah, to do. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because I read these stats. So essentially what happens is there, you, the team, can give a player that you want a qualifying offer that is the average of the top 120 salaries. And so it's a one-year one extension for free agents. And the team decides if they want to give it. It's not like an automatic thing. And apparently this... They're, they're, they must be so undervalued because I read only eight of 110 offers that have historically been given have been accepted. And it's and it, this is so that so that when the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, give a qualifying offer to the next big thing and they leave, that they get a compensatory draft pick from the other team to disincentivize the Yankees from signing away their talent. Yeah. So I think the article that I read about this said that there were basically only three people that they thought might do it, which was or three or four people. Like 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 Nate Eovaldi, Jacques Peterson, <laughs> like uh which Anderson and which Perez? Tyler Anderson? Come on. Why why'd they give it to Tyler Anderson? I guess they're and Martin Perez. I <sighs> Chris Bassett. I mean, the, the Yankees gave one to Aaron Judge, which is like the most foregone conclusion ever. Like, <laughs> let's get something if we don't re-sign. <laughs> yeah, well, that will not be enough to replace Aaron Judge if they lose him. I know. I mean, it's kind of the same thing on all of these, right? It's like Jake DeGrom, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Rodon, <laughs> like a bunch of high-profile people where it's like they're leaving. <laughs> Why the- twins, twins did not give one to Carlos Correa. Could they not? Because he... Because this is my next point, is that Carlos Correa... He must have gotten a qualifying offer at some point. So a player that has gotten a qualifying offer before can't get another one. So we just... Okay. I guess the the Astros probably gave him a qualifying offer. Twins must have sent him a compensatory draft pick. World Cup 2022? Temperature check. I mean, how how excited are we? We're getting excited. Are we? We are getting excited. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're we're getting excited. You, uh, I mean, it's kind of a weird time of day for you, yeah? For the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's in the middle of the work day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Because they're a little early for you, right? Because it, it's like you get off work and there's early. a game that you get home. By the time you get home, it's like... Um, well, I guess it's like central time for like East Coast baseball, right? You get home, it's yep. like, oh, hey, there's baseball already on, right? <laughs> oh, I missed the first inning, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, you'll get yeah, home so. and it's like, oh, hey, there's, uh, there's Ecuador already playing. I will be honest, I mostly, I mean, I the only thing I actually care about is 
the U.S. doing not embarrassing. Don't embarrass. Yeah. Come on, America. Don't embarrass yourselves. I have low, you know, I have pretty low standards for them. I, I'm not, I'm not really pulling for any, I'm not aggressively pulling for any European teams. I would like to see France do well. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have some allegiance to them now. Nice. I don't, I mean, Scotland, Scotland didn't qualify. So what are we going to do here? Probably in your best interest in getting home and not having greased up telephone poles and whatnot. No, no, that's we already have that because rugby's been here. But. Oh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, this just could have gone one right into the next, right? Could have gone one right into the next. You make you make a good point. Yeah. So I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't think quite at the excitement level that you're at, but I can see myself getting there. We, I well, yes. Today, let's talk about mothballing your fantasy season, and I think there's there's a couple things we're gonna do. Kind of a couple weeks on this. I, uh, you know, rightly. Most people are probably headed for a baseball break, right? World Series ended last week. We talked about it. But I think we're in agreement that you should probably do a couple things before you completely call it on your 2022. Just make sure that you remember all those things <laughs> that you told yourself you would remember uh, before the season winds down. Yeah, there's. I have this problem every single year because we end our, our home league ends pretty early. Mm-hmm. And who... There's a lot of time between when that season ends and the end of the year. And if you're not also in a full season roto, there are some storylines that you miss. And then there's mm-hmm. also sort of like really, as you're saying, mothballing. Like you got to, you know, just pack this up. You really get the, get the cedar sticks in there. Get the, get your mothballs. Get, you know, make sure everything's nice and airtight in the attic. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. You want to, you want to preserve what you're thinking about for next year right now. I mean, you're never going to remember more about the season, <laughs> the 2022 season than you do right now. Like that knowledge is only going to diminish over time. And so, we talk about this, you know, the concept is like you're looking through a through an ADP thing for 2023 and like, wait a second. That that's the stat? That's the stat that that guy got? Yeah, yeah. So, so we thought we'd approach that and this week we're kind of completely agnostic about where guys are going in the rankings in terms of who we're talking about. So we're thinking about a non-keeper setting. I think I was hoping the next week we could kind of attack this in more of a make sure you know who your keepers are <laughs> type thing in case you're in a keeper league. And so we thought we'd just do five surprising stats. Each of us share five surprising stats across the board. For me, it's kind of like I'm thinking about the team that I want to build next year. So I'm also thinking not only about stats, but also a little bit about strategy that I had this year. And I'm looking for a good base to lay down. So I'm looking for those early-ish round guys. And for me, that's kind of like looking for a 2020, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases guy. I was surprised by some stats that I found. The one that I'm really going to pick out, just number one, I had somehow missed that. We talked about Kyle Tucker's stolen bases. Kyle Tucker, 30 home runs and 25 stolen bases. Uh uh, that's a pretty good base to lay down. He's so he's like the forgotten to me at least he's like the forgotten. Oh yeah, anti Kyle Tucker. You know when you have this conversation about like good good top him and Austin Riley are like two yes. of the two of the top fifty players that I'm like oh yeah I totally forgot about him. Exactly, and there's some. I mean, there's a bunch of other guys that are close to this 2020 threshold that I'm kind of interested in. You know, Andres Jimenez, Michael Harris, the second. I guess he doesn't go by Junior. 
Um, Adalis Garcias. Adalis uh, Garcias, Adalis. 27 home runs, 25 stolen bases? <laughs> Where'd that come from? So you're telling me I should have kept him last year. Apparently. I mean, these are things... So I was thinking a little bit about my 1A in terms of five surprising stats. So my first surprising stats, Kyle Tucker. Second 1A is Jake McCarthy. Jake McCarthy. 25-year-old. Love him. 99 games, 8 home runs, 23 stolen bases. Is he a, can- a 2020 candidate? for potentially cheap next year yes this is the kind of guy that i wouldn't would not have been on my radar unless i was specifically thinking end of season he was on my radar when the um arizona traded away the last like actual starters and were playing quadruple a player players at the end of the yes. year and i looked yes. at him and was like are those stolen base numbers real and then i added him and they he continued and they just didn't care it was like Green light, red light, I don't know. I know. Lights don't work in this place. Go for it. <laughs> I was I was kind of happy to see. I mean, I'm I'm heartened by this 8 home run number. There's a little because there's a little bit of power. Yeah. There is some power there. So, he's a guy that easily could have easily could fly under the radar for me if I wasn't doing this exercise. Yeah. So, we keep an eye on Jake McCarthy. All right, stat number 2. Thinking about stolen bases, John Birdie. 41 stolen bases he's the number one guy we didn't talk about him when we were talking about um, stolen base leaders in the bet box last week but he only appeared in 102 games so the thing that i don't want to forget is that john birdie does not play every day (laughs) do not do not draft him as though he's going to play every day you can draft him but make sure that your team can handle the the way that he plays and i need to remind myself of that so that i'm not blown away by that stolen base number <laughs> absolutely could he play every day uh doesn't look like it right he looks like he should not play every day okay he looks like he could be headed for like you know christian yelich injury town mm, all right without without like big yelich upside yeah uh second theme that i was thinking is i also would like to build my team around a set it and forget it mentality so i was curious about this there are many fewer set it and forget it guys than I thought there were. Only 50 guys appeared in more than 150 games. So that's, you know, one every other week that they're out. You just don't have guys that play in every game anymore. So you're going to be managing your rosters. And 50, only wow. 60 guys, only 60 guys had more than 600 plate appearances. <laughs> so this 600 plate appearance number is not really the best, not really the best metric. You're in a 10-teamer. That means only 60 of your guys are going to hit that. Yeah, is this still COVID impacted or is this or did COVID just accelerate what we had already been seeing in the I I think this is new normal. I think this is COVID accelerated new normal and that's the thing that I want to I really want to remember this in the draft next year. Okay. Like I, I think need, that's I right. Need to yeah. I had looked at 700 and I hadn't even looked that that far. Yeah. The every the everyday player is just a little bit less of a thing, and so that is going to affect a lot more of how you manage your fantasy baseball team, and that makes me think a lot more about how I want to construct my team in the first. The place. everyday player takes every six day off. Yeah, exactly, and that's like it, that fundamentally alters how you should construct your team, <laughs> and then takes a vacation mid season. Yeah, good point. I was also thinking about we've talked about this a lot during the reviews about durable pitchers and them. I, I want durable pitchers. And I was just kind of looking to sort guys into bins. And I had I came up with two sortings. I came up with one 
sort of indistinguishable late, you know, back end starting pitchers, just names that I want to keep in mind so that I don't turn up my nose at them next year. There's a bunch of guys that are in, I'm going to argue, are indistinguishable. Lots of innings. <laughs> they have 7.5K per nine. They have a 3.7X ERA, so even better ERAs than this on average, and 50% ground balls. So you're not, you're hopefully not damaging yourself a ton. Interesting list here. Logan Webb, <laughs> Quintana, Perez, Merrill Kelly, mm. Taiwan Walker, Drew Rasmussen. I mean, this this list goes off the rails quickly. <laughs> I, it's like these guys are still around. <laughs> I yeah, know. This but, is going to be is... your fifth pitcher. Exactly. This is going to be your fifth pitcher, and you should grab him when they fall further. So th- that's what I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. is that, you know, because I, I usually get to the fifth pitcher, and I'm like, ugh. Logan Webb, no, I'll pass on that. But you should just grab Logan Webb. You <laughs> exactly. Just grab Martin Perez. It is Martin Perez, exactly. correct? Yes. Yeah. That's the whole point for me is like, okay, I got I gotta grab this guy. I just need to take him here. It's fine. The price is gonna be right. All right, you did the, the next one I like. I hadn't I hadn't even looked into this. This is something I was thinking about. I don't know what's gonna happen with these guys, but I want to remember that they did stuff this year that was relevant. Six closers in waiting here's the category here's the way that i here's the way that i set this up this is actually greater than 12 uh, k's per nine and fewer than four saves and that's a pretty weird combo yeah right so typically if you're striking out that many guys you're gonna get some save looks yeah so here's the list of guys jose alvarado 14.29 k's per nine uh Let's get this guy some. Let's get this guy some innings. <laughs> um, Andre Munoz, thirteen point two nine Ks per nine. Brian Abreu, <laughs> okay, thirteen point one three K per nine. Alex Vesia hmm. on the Dodgers, thirteen point oh nine Ks per nine. Andrew Bellati, twelve point nine two. Caleb Thielbar. I promise I didn't rig this so that it ended with a twin, but twelve point one three K per nine. It These really are all guys feels like that- you rigged it. <laughs> I know. I I'm gonna go take the cutoff to the twins. No, so I I like this I like this list because it's guys that I hadn't um, hadn't made it on my radar necessarily otherwise. Because at this point mm-hmm. you're kind of looking for guys that are gonna get saves. Well, but did you notice? Did you notice the commonality in all these guys except for Caleb? Those are guys on playoff teams. Is this is this a correlation or causation thing? Is there's a correlation that these are the guys that were on teams that like. They needed to have the number two guy in this position. Which one of the... Because if you look at this, I'm we're spending more time on this than we probably should have. But, I mean, that Dodgers... The Dodgers and Phillies situations, like, do feel like they could take someone in. And the Dodgers probably are going to throw money at the situation. And the Phillies are more likely to keep it in-house and throw more money at um, some slugger. I agree with that interesting this is interesting this is, a, this is a, all of your points were good um thank you this one i find especially good because i didn't i didn't cover closers at all okay i i i took this sort of like i i took sort of your approach as well i had a, a themes um i started with some things that i wanted to take a look at and then ended up with themes that i was sort of interested in so mm-hmm. i guess let's start with Starting with uh, 130, 100 guys. It felt like that used to be like such a like mainstay of building your team was to grab a couple of 130, 100 guys, get them at third base, try to get someone in in, in the outfield. Well, there were three this year. 
Aaron Judge, Paul Goldschmidt, and Manny Machado. So I guess we could maybe we could try to put this in a board bet, but there are three guys that I was interested in didn't make that, and really specifically the this is my my fact yeah. here is uh, Freeman missed it by nine home runs. Olsen missed it by 14 runs. Olsen of Atlanta fame replacing Freeman. And Alonzo missed it by five runs. But otherwise, it, otherwise they got the other two stats. Um, home runs, RBIs. Do you think any of these three gets it next year? Uh, I'm a, I mean, I was also noting Freddie Freeman because he's on the, the 2020 list. Uh, twenty home runs, twenty stolen bases. Yeah. So I don't think I actually don't think he gets there. I think he's, I think he's playing a different style of baseball than the three true outcomes that you need to get to thirty guaranteed. Yeah. And I I think Olson Alonso they're more likely to hit the target just because it's runs and runs. You know, there's big fluctuations from year to year mm-hmm. and if they less get so. the lineup change if they change where they are in the lineup then they're more likely to hit the runs and sacrifice some exactly RBIs. yeah exactly so i'll be looking out for those things freeman i think has more control i'm a little more worried about him hitting that that park is harder to hit home runs in also true uh checking in on the 700 plus plate appearance guys all right so this mm-hmm. where did this go um the real stat here is that one of the one of these people got to uh, 700 plate appearances again. Uh, but Semyon, Freeman, Turner, Lindor, and Guerrero are all got seven plus 700 plus plate appearances. So Lindor, back in the club, back like the old Cleveland days, just pencil him in for 700 plus. Ah, uh, I that's a great question. This I also flagged this as a big surprise. Um. I don't think so. Like, but I'm only saying that gut. I'm only saying that gut feeling. Like, I, I don't have a model that suggests that he won't make it. I'm really just telling you how I feel. Yeah, ex- exactly. But again, this is this was helpful because Semyon, when we were mid-season, Semyon was terrible, and it's like, okay, he did. He had a really good second half. He got back to the player that he was supposed to be. All right. So this this all centers around xFIP, xERA, ERA, and FIP qualified numbers as i realized at the very end of doing putting this together (laughs) all right um and this sort of i was trying to figure out i want to put i'll start this with with this um and we'll get to what the what the stat is mcclanahan or manoa which one has a better 2023 do we already we already have a board bet on this i think uh we do i'm on manoa here i mean i'm i'm invested in i'm invested in I think Manoa is going to do well. Well, here's here's where this comes in because I was looking at McClanahan. Um, I wanted to see if there's. Well, I wanted to look into the Manoa versus McClanahan. I'm on McClanahan. I want to see some stat tell me that he's going to do better. And I think what I found <laughs> is this. So, two pitchers were top five in xFIP, FIP, xERA, and outside the top five in ERA. Okay, Aaron Nola. And Shohei Otani. So all I'm saying is they will not appear on the top ERA list, but all the stats would suggest that they should have been on the top ERA list. So yeah. Aaron Nola, uh, we sort of were getting there last week. Aaron Nola is, had a really good season, and maybe he does that again, but he's an every-other-year guy, so probably not. <laughs> Three pitchers were top five in ERA and outside top five in XFIP, FIP, and XERA. Julio Urias, aforementioned in last week's pod, Alec Manoa, 
and Sandy Alcantara. So these players were top five in ERA, have none of the other um, underlying stats measures to suggest that they should have been top five in ERA. That's worrisome. And then two pitchers were top five in ERA with one or more um, top fives in XFIP, FIP, XERA, Verlander, and Cease. Okay. So Verlander and Cease were on the top five for ERA, but they uh, and they were uh, they had a, a peripheral stat that would suggest that they belonged in that list. And then Rodon, Cole, Gausman, and McClanahan all appeared in um, all appeared to have a, a peripheral that suggested they should be a top pitcher, um, but did not appear in the the top five in ERA. So you're saying that this is evidence that McClanahan is going to be better than Manoa next year? For myself, yeah. I mean, I, I guess we do. We don't have to. <laughs> the, I mean, I, I hear what you're going for. And I, I, I like this analysis. It's like, you know, it's like making higher dimensional Venn diagrams. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I, like, I like the concept. Uh how how fuzzy and soft the borders are i think is a is going to be an interesting question yeah yeah well i guess it reminds us i think that the point was to remind us that era is um one outcome for how everything uh transpired across a season that's right and the i the idea of xfip xera and fip is to try to smooth out those outcomes across the season to say, well, you know, poor guy let up this hit. That was really because Vlad Guerrero sucks, you know, at playing defense. <laughs> or um, this this guy had a gold glove shortstop behind him. And, well, quite frankly, not everybody has that. So it right. would be on a different team. So it's helpful but it's just a measure. You, you're right. I was actually mostly surprised. You know, I looked at, I went into this looking for McClanahan versus Manoa, and I think it mm. does suggest that um, those two players are interchangeable, mm-hmm. just depending on what the circumstances are. And then I was surprised that Aaron Nola and Shohei Otani ended up rising to the top in this analysis. Well, I, I think that, I mean, that's a good, that's a good result. I mean, it really tells you, okay, actually, those two guys are in sort of a, a class of their own relative to the rest of the, and I think you kind of know it. Like I kind of know it in my heart, looking at the rest of the guys on this list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, greater than um, ten K per nine qualified. Here's the list. Top ten: Rodon, Otani, Cole, Cease, Burns, Morton, Gosman, McClanahan, Nola, Ray. Who falls out of this group? I mean, uh, we talk about Robbie Ray's K rate every year. How can it persist? <laughs> at some point, that at some point that falls off. He's already at number ten. Uh, uh, um, I feel the same way about Morton. I mean, I think more than the. I think age comes for these guys at some point. I I don't think it's McClanahan or Nola, Rodon, Otani, Cole, Cease, Burns. So I guess I'm looking at Morton, Gaussman, Ray as the options. Yeah, I think Morton and Ray would probably follow this. But ten guys above. 10k per nine it's good stuff that's not bad that hasn't fallen off all the other the counting stats have uh, innings pitched to actually you know uh, the the multiplier for this this Mm -hmm. stat is just not there um so i guess that was my stat there are 10 guys 
above 10k per nines and then um 300 qualified over 300 average qualified um there are 11 there are 11 guys above 300 i was looking for the guy that i was thinking of there are 11 uh, guys who are above 300 um i was looking for mr jose altuve here and he ended up being 11th and it was above 300 so he's back baby the buzzer is back he's here are the guys who are above 300 jeff mcneil Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, Luis Arias, Aaron Judge, Xander Bogarts, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Abreu, Andrew Benintendi, Nate Lowe, and Altuve. So Altuve is back above 300. Is he? Is he back? Is he fantasy relevant? Is he a top yeah. 50 player? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's totally fantasy relevant, obviously. I think, first of all, a lot of overrepresentation of A last names on this list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. Um... This list makes sense to me in the sense that there's there's actually nobody on this list that I'm like, what are they doing on this list? I think Jeff McNeil, you mean Jeff McNeil, you are you aren't surprised that he's he's on I was surprised that he was I thought that he was going to to get to be an everyday player, he was going to have to trade some of his batting average, but he didn't. It's actually he didn't really. I high. mean, but, but he's he's always been flirting with the high batting average. That's what I'm saying. But he hasn't yeah. always been an everyday player. True, true. I so I, I guess asking the same question about greater than 10k per nine. All of these guys have a, a shot at 300 next year. I think over 300 is actually a little bit of a statistical fluke in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I don't think I I don't know that anyone is really an over 300 hitter anymore like forever (laughs) in the sense that like if you played every season 100 times how many of those would be over 300 it's not greater than 50 for any of these guys right it's this is not no this is this is not the players from the 20s who yeah exactly so 300 religious but i'm i'm not surprised who's who's your most surprising guy is it arise you highlighted arise which i find insulting but okay i'm surprised that he qualified <laughs> wow okay I, well, he that, was my, that's a different he was debate. mr irrelevant for me and then i dropped him so i did to, i did with him what you did with cedric mullins the year before which was i dropped him before he ever did anything for me and then he had a really great season yep uh nate Lowe also surprised me but yeah that's it inarguably the most depressing thing you can do is drop someone right before they become relevant i think that about brings us to the review session you darvish Again, part of my series of where I was still trying to uh, set guys up for the playoffs, and you'll hear uh, <laughs> guys that we thought would be relevant in the playoffs. You'll hear really why in a, at, when we announce next week's. You Darvish, though. Uh, 30 games started here. He goes 16 and 8. First guy, you know, a lot of wins for somebody that we, for people uh, this late in the draft. 3.10 ERA, 0.95 whip, 197 strikeouts on 194 innings. That is a pretty good season. It is. I, it's not dead yet. He's 36. 36, yeah. He's 36. I mean, it's funny because I've actually been a U Darvish pessimist every single year. Oh, I mean, I, like, his stuff is great. I love watching his stuff. It's, he's built for StatCast. Oh, he's no, no, no. He's he's inarguably one of the most fun pitchers to watch. Don't, I think, it, but it, yeah, owning him is is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you just don't know. I mean, he's but he's in this group for me of the Chris Sale. Like he's in the group of Chris Sales. It's like talent is there. I just don't know like how you're gonna do. 
Except this year would have been great to own him, right? It I mean, would this have year, been. this year you just throw him out there for every start. Okay, just not going to think about it. Like, how many games would you have actually gotten like burned? Burned. He's got two. He's got three games where he gave up five earned runs. That's not a lot as a starting pitcher, and a lot of offers. A lot where he gave up no earned runs. Wow, did he really, he really gave up nine earned runs his second game of the season? Yeah, so, you know, is he, was he on your TGFBI team? He was on my TGFBI team. No, he's not. He's not on mine. No. <laughs> uh, I had a major crisis of heart <laughs> after that game when the Giants tagged him for nine runs. Yeah, you just got to think. He's, oh, this is this is the U Darvish train. I'm on it. And I... Can't and I did. Off. I mean, yeah. I I did have to do that. And then he, you know, he had he had these out. other fine. fives, and I freaked out. But you know, full season. This is the full season roto value, and a guy like you, Darvish, where you're like full season, I'm gonna recover this value. Jeez, if you just forgotten to set your lineup and he was out of it for that week, like would have the best. The whole rest of the season is fine. That would have been actually that would that would have been really good. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I know. It's, so how how long can he keep doing this? He doesn't quite have the profile for the guy that is able to do this long term. I really, really do feel like we shouldn't depend on Darvish. You pick him up if he's dropped a little bit lower, but you should not be depending on him as your. Yeah, I mean, talking two. about we were talking about the team building philosophy, and Darvish's are the most dangerous ace to build your team around, <laughs> by far. I think. Like, could you get him at number ten as like as your ace? I think so. I bet. I bet he's more than the tenth pitcher off the board or in that range. Let me just see what what is ADP because is his is his ADP? I don't. Th- he had a good season, not a great season. So I don't think his ADP is going to be that that adjusted because he is what he is, right? Like him and Charlie Morton, they they are what they are. They're 36. I mean, what are they going to learn? They're not learning new tricks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Darvish was 85 this year. What number pitcher? Is that more than 10? Uh, pitcher, 31. 31? Wow. People are pricing in mm, he's like, okay, major. Maybe he was like pitcher number 29. He's ranked Okay, 31. but in, the, in that range. Wow, that's I mean, that's a major price end. I mean, I was going to say, so theoretically, you get him as your third pitcher. Those are great stats for your third pitcher. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm revising my statement a little bit now. So let's say you get burned. You have the third pick. Third, you're, you get the third pitcher off the board. You get Burns. And then you get somewhere in the coming into this year. And then somewhere in the like 40 ADP, you grab Nola. And then you get Darvish with pick 85. That's a good team. You're all set. So if That's his value team. stays right in the 30s, you just grab him. I think so. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I always chicken out in the draft about you darvish because i i always see you darvish and think that it's too expensive and that he's gonna fall off well right but so listen to the guys that 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 were picked around him frankie montas emmanuel classe dylan cease carlos rodon you darvish edwin diaz alec manoa lancelin araldis chapman he's exactly in the center of that group you could have done far worse than picking you darvish in that like eight player range you could have also done far better. Yep. So I think that is the le- that is the lesson here. And and quite frankly, Edwin Diaz and Emmanuel Classe, th- that they were on the higher portion of the distribution this year, like doesn't negate that they 
you just change those names and it could have been on the far lower. You know, you have Araldus Chapman. Wouldn't it's not that right. All three closers in that conversation could have been I could like cut from their teams and lose lose their jobs. And all three <laughs> of them could have been top ten closers. It's, well certainly you know that you're not you know that you know Darvish isn't getting cut from that team. <laughs> no. His worst case scenario I mean, if, is yeah. I would say at this point his worst case scenario is probably twenty nineteen Cubs. Ah, that was not a good season. Six yeah. wins, thirty-one and uh, thirty-one games, hundred eighty innings, eleven point five K per nine, uh, ERA just a smidge under. So four. you're not you're not worried about twenty eighteen Cubs as a scenario where he only played eight games. I don't know. He's got this. He's he's got this reputation as an injury guy, but uh-huh. he's gotten to thirty games three of the last four years and one of those years was, was pandemic season he got 12 12 games in so i don't think that we can see him as a as a massive injury risk in the same way that like chris sale aforementioned it sure. is yeah, yeah. Or, yep. or lance lynn i guess at this point what a boring what a boring guy what a boring conversation for a guy that is, has like really like fun stuff and has had an interesting career yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm casting around for things to say about him. He's been in the MLB for 10 seasons. He's super fun to watch. I'm not honestly sure that we've ever talked about him on the pod before. <laughs> yeah, we have. We've, we've, we've definitely talked really? about him. Really? But not that much because he's on those terrible Cubs teams for a while. Uh, I Okay, I mean, fine. I'm not remembering a conversation that we've had about him before. <laughs> um, because he has been kind of because he has been kind of boring. I mean, I don't know. I like his pitch arsenal. I like, I like watching him play. <laughs> I think he's just a fun guy to watch. Um, I'll definitely be sad when he's out. I was, I was honestly hoping that he would make it further in the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a fun element to watch on that Padres team. Yeah, um, good foil to Blake Snell. Oh, you want to you want to talk about Blake Snell? No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Next week we are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that the summary is that he's probably in in a lot of drafts. He's probably going to fall somewhere in the late pitchers uh in the late 20s with pitchers in late 20s and if he's there at pick 80 and you feel like i guess it's a thing if you're not looking for an upside pick then he's the guy that's a great encapsulation good good statement i agree who are we doing next week <laughs> blake snow time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah.